to another riveting adventure of Never Ending Adventure Podcast, the podcast where we talk about adventure time. And I'm the expert, your host, DJ Nettie P. Joined along with me is your co-host, Russell Tyndall. And Ned, my king. My king. Oh, I'm wake king up, my now. co-host. <laughs> I was going to carry that further and say, uh, wake up, my husband. But, you know, that's not our relationship. It could be. No, it couldn't. You're married. <laughs> could be. Kidding. I could have I just, I had that ability years ago. Not to our leave, preferences. Leave Jackie yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just marry Russell. <laughs> but no, I really wanted to. It was wild. We're setting this off on a wild note. Y'all, how's it going? I hope everybody's been having a good beginning of the week. Ned, how have you been feeling? Mm, it's been not been, a good, not been a bad week, not been a great week, just normal. Been yeah. been a normal normalish week, normalish podcast days. Uh, I've been, it's hot. It's getting hot down here in Atlanta. Oh yeah, I, I've been feeling a little gross, and it could be the heat. It could be the fact that I we had to watch two episodes this this recording because we're about to record another one after this, and in doing so, I had to watch a freaking episode about Ricardio, and now I almost can't think about anything other than yeah. how much. I, I did dislike Ricardo. I did was, pre- was prepping for this episode, and it was kind of like that one sticks so much in your head from like just aggressiveness that I was like, "What's the first episode we're doing?" Oh yeah, it's the it's yeah, the Kingworm Dreamscape episode. Um, yeah, which, which is a good episode. I do enjoy yeah. talking about Kingworm, and there's some good theories here, I suppose, and whatnot. But we'll get yeah. into that a little bit later on, certainly, and. I, I also, man, I mean, we did Rex, I think, at the beginning of maybe the last episode or oh, the yeah, episode before episode that. Episode or two I ago, yeah. I got nothing for y'all, man. I got no Rex this episode. We're, we're just going to skip right over that, I think, at the end, unless yeah, that has if, something good. If I come up with a solid wreck before the end of the episode, I will give you one. But this is a, maybe my recommendation is just like rest. Just, just rest. Yeah, rest. Need some, that I might need be some what we need. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's no, so funny because we also were talking but... about like, oh man, we were always so tired on this podcast. Anyways, meta, enough stupid meta podcast host talk. Ned, I wanted to, if we're talking about dreams and we're talking about, really they're kind of hypnotized in this, but it is dream sequences. Mm-hmm. I was curious, off the gun, Princess Bubblegum's calling Finn my king. So what does like you being a king symbolize and in, in dreams and we looked it up a little bit and dreaming about being a king could symbolize feeling like we deserve better which for finn could be he deserves better from princess boko which is an interesting little bit there and then also being a king could be ambition to achieve greatness or looking to impress someone which again could completely apply mm-hmm. the princess bubblegum for finn so that was yeah, I mean, I that was really so. interesting. It starts off like that, where he's dreaming of being, you know, the king to Princess Bubblegum. Yeah, well, I mean, it starts out in a dream. Now it kind of almost feels like he wakes up in this dream, almost like he's waking up from a dream because he's like, "Where am I? What am I doing?" He seems like he's already pretty self-aware. He's not playing along with it. He, which, you know, in, in my opinion, is kind of like why it's like the very like hypnotic sequence. And I, I don't, I'm not reading into too much 
of what he's dreaming about per se, because if you do think about it, he's like very aware early on. He's like, this is not real. This is not, this is a, this is a dream. Yeah. Um, it's all, it's all messed up. You got the, the banana soldiers are flipping around um, and upside down and all that stuff. Upside down and now, stuff. I did. Yeah. You know, wow. Jump right into one of my deep thoughts of the episode because it, it pertains to what you're saying, where it's like this little scene with him and princess Bubblegum, and she's like, head over heels for him and he's she yeah like if he marries princess bubblegum also i don't really think that means he becomes king because i think that she's still like or or she becomes queen i don't know all these kingdoms have princesses but they don't have i don't think i guess you never see i mean i guess there's ice king but it's always yeah, maybe funny but be a prince but it's just like how there's only one queen right which is yeah. the vampire queen the only the only other funny thing I noticed about this is it jumps really quickly from um from the whole scene with Princess Bubblegum and him being the king and that being how he envisions a, a successful relationship with her, right? Then it jumps right to Flame Princess. And Flame Princess is just feeding him soup in oh, the forest. That's good. Yeah. Um and she is I guess yeah taking care of him, and even to an aggressive point where she's just like eat that eat that freaking soup, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and her I eyes think, turn in the mouths and stuff. I think that is important, um, and maybe in the way this is you know Finn's subconscious mind taking over his I guess conscious state of being, that but like the dreamscape is his subconscious mind. So all of these little characters that are happening around him are his subconscious mind. And I do think it's because he sees people's as like a, the, the, yeah, she's a princess and I'd be a king and this is what our relationship would look like. But he really sees Flame Princess as a caretaker, as somebody who like he can sit in the treehouse with and eat a bowl of soup, even if she has like little mouths for eyes or whatever. So it's just definitely a juxtaposition between it just immediately kicks off with in a throne with Princess Bubblegum and then in the treehouse with Flame Princess. And I just wanted Gosh, to call that out good. as a, yeah, as a good juxtaposition between the two of them. No, that's a that's a really great point. I My mind hadn't even gone there because it was interesting to me that he's thinking about both of them, but that makes sense mm -hmm. with all the current events that have been going on or the recent events that have been going on over the past five episodes or so. We've had a, a number of, or really a, just a slew of relationship things and whatnot going on in the season. But yeah, no, at, I, at this I was point, so distracted by meanings of the dream. I mean, I was even curious, like, what do worms mean in dreams, which could be anxiety that is stopping you from being the best version of yourself, right? Or getting through, um, like, could mean then we'll experience personal growth. So maybe through seeing worms, I was like, maybe there will be some sort of a growth or this is symbolizing that we're turning, turning some sort of a corner. But I don't know. I, I wish I had the answer for... Can we combine the things that I'm talking about, the symbolism of of the king in dreams and the worms in dreams, and then what you're talking about, the two different relationships? But it feels like this episode just throws that out there and then flies past it so quickly. And it almost doesn't feel like it's worth diving too deep into or at least deeper into it than we already have. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... I, I think you could go too far in either direction if i don't think if you if you look at it not enough like you are like not enough like where is there some meeting then this episode is just like hey how trippy balls episode can we make a 
dream, which they they did a really good job at like making that entertaining to say the least. Um, yeah, I mean, my tops for this episode are straight up the creative writing. I okay. just I that's, I yeah, love that's, that's that's a new one for you. Yeah, I think tops. so. I mean, I I love the idea like of being in that room and it must've been so fun to come up with, Oh, what could happen? What weird things could be happening? What could be showing Finn that, Oh, this isn't like reality. Like he's got taller ears than he normally does on his hat or the mirror is reflecting some other version of him that we've never seen before. Jake's. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. Acting a little goofy, a little weird or, you know, I just, it seemed like it must've been a a freaking blast. Mm -hmm to talk about and some sort of a writing creative writing room yeah so but, i mean storyboarding it had to have been really fun again yeah. just like being able to change settings like that and make the settings kind of like a little bit off or a little bit weird and it was i'm sure they could put it together really quickly because it's just like oh yeah and then uh the first this is the first episode where they actually call peppermint butler pet butt yeah. and he just throw a separate head on him and then now there's others that, well, going back to my original thought, yeah, you could really just make it like that, where it's just creative writing and it's fun and it just makes for a good story. And then you could overdo it on your end. Like, it does everything have a meaning? Does that, does Pet Butt talking out of his hand have a meaning? Does the fact that the room is flipped upside down with Jake and, and Lady uh, have a meaning when, when things are upside down, you know? And, I think if you go too far in either direction, it's going to be a mess. We're going to have a mess of a podcast episode if we go too far in either direction. Yeah. I mean, this is Um, a little bit of a mess of an episode to kind of, this may be early to be diving into this, but I I think that we'll have plenty of time to dive into whatever we, I think we have more theories than we are expecting to each other to have. So I think we should just freaking just go, go. just go with it. Well, I think for a little bit of context of what's happening here, we should go back to Evicted season one, episode mm-hmm. 12, right? Which is mm-hmm. where Marceline comes in, takes over their house, kicks them out, then they go house hunting and whatnot. Then at the end of the episode, when they finally get their house back from Marceline and they go into the living room, they come across King Worm and he just immediately hypnotizes them. But he just is like, oh, hey guys, come here, friends, hug me. Oh yeah, hug me. And that, in a sense, really irks me, Ned. It really yeah. kind of no, pisses I'm, me off. I remember you talking about the end of that episode when we recorded it, and you're like, what the fuck just happened Like at the end of Evicted? And did, it was the fact that there was this... Did anything happen? No. Like, so is, is any of this is, real? I, I was trying to go back, and I actually watched a YouTube video today kind of talking, addressing this, addressing the end of Evicted. And the fact that King Worm was there and that now he appears here, but they're breaking the dream. And that I think it was Rebecca Sugar like went to Penn Ward and was like, hey, man, because we're writing this. Does that mean everything between Evicted and now has been fake? Have they been in this weird dream sequence? And Penn was like, no, it's not. Were they hypnotized twice by King Worm? Is this a second situation where they've come across? I've thought about this, and this is why I was a little nervous to come into this episode. However... I would say that, um, yes, it is the second time. I think King Worm, also, it was originally supposed to be an evicted of a werewolf that was, like, living on the top of their house that was supposed to just, like, randomly show up at the end of the episode. But then they were like, let's make it this worm and make it weird or whatever. So I think the worm is back to feed on their life energy. I think that 
whatever happened, he just hasn't been there. He's just feeding on some life energy. So I don't think that one of my big notices in this episode is that they reference almost every main character we've seen now. We've got Peppa, we've got Lady, we've got everybody pretty much but Marceline in this episode. And then secondly, we have a list of almost every fear that Finn has experienced in the last four seasons referenced. I don't yeah. think that would be there if he had been experiencing a psychotic dream see dream sequence for the last four seasons. Well, if he was doing that the entire time, the issue with that is Flame Princess is in it, right? Jake's exactly. violin is broken from the episode where they're the band and where they're trying to open up it. the yeah. door. So there's consistencies with the characters, with where we are in the story. Yeah, he wouldn't have um, known about that. That exist outside and in especially after this episode's done, the world is back to normal, not like in a post dream state. So I think that that kind of puts that theory to rest i've been i've been worried about this episode because of that so okay. i think it well with the rest in my mind i'm just like this is a seasonal issue kind of like what you're saying it's like the sun's out weather's getting nice here comes king worm <laughs> like let's get in an exterminator or go talk to somebody who can handle the exterior of our house because king worm's coming back every freaking summer and he's <laughs> just or april right and he's just like wrecking havoc with finn and jake and they don't know what's going on. You think at this point he'd he'd have an idea. My initial thought, because when I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, like does did anything matter? Did anything actually happen? Mm -hmm. That's where my like, mind went initially as well. I was just thinking, I I choose to ignore this episode. If that's the case, like while I love the theoretical intention behind this notion, right? That oh my gosh, nothing actually happened. It was all the dream for the sake of simplicity. I would rather just ignore it. I would rather ignore this episode in its entirety and just, there's just mm -hmm. too many good episodes in between this one and Evicted for me. And they've grown so much yeah. and so much has happened. Like, I just can't, I can't handle that. That's almost stressing me out thinking about, yeah. oh, nothing, nothing mattered. Because that's, yeah, I, that's two years of my life, Ned. No, this is no, no. my I first time through I, this show. Don't two years worry, of my life doesn't worry. matter I, now. If if that had been the case, or if I came into this episode <laughs> really saying, "Yeah, let's get theoretical," like let's let's pretend like none of this happened, I really tried to look at it from all angles, analyzing this episode, and I just don't think it's a possibility that all of it was fake. I just be, okay. like you said, like you, he they leave and he goes and continues to have a relationship with Flame Princess, which didn't exist back in season one, so it had like it had to have been a real thing that was happening. Um, Had to have been, right? And yeah. I know there's been talk about other universes or what is it? Other um, multiverse theory, yeah. right? So like other Finns, like I, I, I'm kind of hoping we're not getting into, oh, what Finn was this episode actually about? Oh, well, it looks like the right Finn, but maybe it's not the right Finn. Just like mm -hmm. the whole Rick and Morty thing, that stresses me out where it's like, no, no, is no, it the we right never... Rick or the wrong Rick? We never really get too into that. There's a little aspect of it that shows up kind of like in later seasons. Um, it never gets as like convoluted as the whole like, oh, they picked up the wrong Jerry from day camp and Rick and yes, like yep, that whole thing. You know theory. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Where where you know the continuity errors are on purpose and uh, to, to throw off the audience. I don't think that they're doing that just quite yet. They keep things pretty. For a multiverse theory type show, they they stay relatively direct. Um, okay. 
They don't go. There's no. a few episodes that get a little like time warp stuff, but um, don't worry about that with King Worms episode. Don't. The okay, only good. thing um that will well I I will say um is fun with this episode. And this one's more for the fans. I'm trying to do it without spoiling anything, but. Mirror Finn, the whole Finn with the fake, you see him with the metal arm. He's got the weird nose. Um, we saw Bimo in Bimo Noir, like one of the last episodes, have that interesting looking face it that did. looked That's very right. similar. So it's it's Farm World Finn. And so there is just this dynamic, I'm sure, of what they're putting in here uh, that are dreams a gateway or some sort of envisionment uh third eye type thing into different alternate universal versions of yourself. Um, wow. So that's a theory there. I'm sure with the whole, like woke up in the treehouse and sees farm world Finn in his vision. And that's as much as I can say about that because that's any more could be a spoiler drop. Yeah, no, that's fine, man. Well, that's, that's good. That, that does make me feel a little bit better about this episode and I will for the sake of my own sanity, probably just try and forget this one. Though, worth a watch. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with this episode. I think it's a good episode mm-hmm. as far as Adventure Time episodes go. And it certainly does kind of play in that very like small box that you kind of enjoy when we're talking about Adventure Time, you know, Treehouse episodes. It, it sort of feels like that, even though they do adventure out a little bit, you know, and they have the there's moment a lot with Joshua of other... and whatnot. Yeah, there's a lot of other characters involved for it to I guess be it's considered too much. like a yeah. treehouse episode for me. Like treehouse episodes have to be like, you know, four characters are minimum for me, typically. Have you ever been able to lucid dream? It does remind me of that simply because Finn is effectively in a, a lucid dream. He's able to go, dream. I want a sword, right? Like and a sword yeah. pops up and then unfortunately his subconscious fear or whatever, where he kind of is like Oh, well, usually when I try and do this in dreams, a shark will appear out of nowhere. So have you ever had like a lucid dream experience? Um, Have you been able to do that? If I have like intense dreams where there's like a setting really happens, like or there's like a lot of people, like people that I'm like recognizing and maybe like a setting, like right before I wake up, if I'm kind of like, I know it's like 545 and my body kind of wakes up, but I'm halfway in between a dream. Like, I'm not waking up. When I go back to sleep, I can sometimes, like, control my thoughts because I'm kind of like, oh, I know, like, I'm kind of dreaming, but it's still not the whole, like, lucid, like, I'm in complete control. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, and Um, I'm not just going to wake up in two seconds because that's what happens to me. I realize that I'm dreaming, and then as soon as I do that, I'm awake. I had a buddy in college who used to paint one of his fingernails a different color, and his oh, theory so he can look is, down. Yeah. Yes. His thought was that he'd be able to look down at his hand and his dream to see if he was dreaming or not. And I think it was supposed to not be there if he was dreaming. Yeah. It's it's the whole, I mean, we're going to get maybe into some inception theory, but that's the whole mentality of like doing something consistent in the real world that you know about to where if it's not that way so consistently that you know you're dreaming, it's a way to like ground, like, the way people lucid dream and obviously inception is very different, but I, yeah, yeah, I know what he was trying to do there for sure. But yeah. so he said he got, but did he get good at it? Did he like, I don't know, man. I think he was able to do it, but 
you know, I, he was one of those guys that like I kind of trusted, but I also was like, he could just be making the story up, you know, because yeah, no one really so. wants to hear about your dream. Like that's the other thing is I could sit <laughs> here and tell you about a dream I had the other night that was wild and blew my mind. And I woke up and I was like telling Allie about it the next day. I was like, I think I just saw death. Like this old man in my dream, kind of like the river sticks or the, uh, mm. the crossroad, right? Where he gives you a musical instrument and you become amazing devil, at devil it. devil himself. That's sort of what happened anyways. But yeah. dreams are only so interesting to hear about because they are not based in reality in any way. But this episode, there are little things that I think keep it based in reality enough for us to be completely fascinated by it the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's it's funny because so kind of what you're talking about with your friend doing that kind of method to lucid dream in order to get him deeper into the dream state and get him in more control. That that's actually a, an interesting part of this episode is that Finn flips the script here and he's like, I actually have to um, make myself wake up. And in order to do that, what is it? Jake says, if you, your fears will gronk up the dreamscape and the dreamscape will fall apart. Yeah, he's got to deteriorate it by basically causing his own fears to start occurring. Which yeah, is so, and so, which is, dude, I, I think, love what you're talking about because Phil, the Phil guy or the Phil face or the whatever Phil face the character up, yeah. that's on the back of uh, Pep Butt in this episode, he screamed Satori. And I was, had to look that up because I was so interested in what Satori meant because it seemed like a, an intentional throwaway, you know, like real quick. Mm. And Satori means it's a term used to define a deep meditative state in which an individual becomes enlightened. And so it's kind of what you're saying. It's like this whole episode is Finn, in a sense, it could if it's referring to this episode of, of him trying to be enlightened enough to realize how to break out of this dream. And I think Peppermint Butler is kind of helping him. But Finn's subconscious, this entire episode, is constantly fighting against the dream and an attempt to understand mm -hmm. what is happening. Like at the very beginning, she, or uh, sorry, princess Bubblegum turns to pet butt and says, he doesn't know he's, he's dreaming, which has to be his subconscious kind of plugging that into his head. Mm -hmm. And then I his even subconscious, think, I think is helping try, trying to defend him against the worms. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, I, and that is I subconscious as pet, as pet butt says, you got to get rid of the worm. And that's why, that's why when Pet Butt, as soon as Pet Butt says that, his face goes and it's like gets scrubbed off. But yeah. then Pet Butt keeps talking the through his hand. The worm's fighting back. Yeah. The worm's trying to fight Finn's subconscious of like, no, 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 just stay in this dream state. Like, don't question anything. And his, his subconscious is like, hey, man, like you can beat this. So I think one, that that proves that Finn's got that adventure strength to defeat his, like his self-conscious as a defense mechanism to even help his like mind protect itself. Yeah. I mean, I actually kind of had a, if I have a theoretically speaking, it's that that's actually Peppermint Butler, like jumping oh, into oh, yeah. subconscious, trying to say like, Hey oh, man, I like this is how you do it. Here's the solution. Because after that, nothing else is going to give him the solution except for Jake and the mirror is going to remind him of it. Mm -hmm. But he already knows the solution at that point. So in my mind, Ben's subconscious is already fighting it because Princess Bubblegum says, he doesn't know he's dreaming the pet butt and the pet butt comes in in my mind and says, gives him the warning and the solution to break the dream. And then Phil, which is Finn's subconscious again, saying Satori, which is, Hey, like, dude, you need to reach like kind of this at peace and find enlightenment through 
what's happening and find the way out and like think about the things around you that are occurring and the fact that Peppermint Butler just kind of gave it away. And there are other little moments where like Ben gets scared for a minute or something like that and a window breaks in the background and, and all these little things that are signs. It's like his subconscious like constantly being like, oh, like here's another clue, here's another clue. Uh, and Jake, in my mind, is when he states... They go into the room. I'm going to give a little context. Mm-hmm. They go into the room and you have Lady there. Lady has two mouths and Jake is terrible at packaging up a, a package Present. with the tape that's coming out of Lady's mouth. And he basically tells Finn, like, hey, you need to blow up the dreamscape with your fear. But I kind of took that in a different way. Like, I kind of thought it might have been King Worm trying to scare Finn away from the solution in a sense. And it just ends up backfiring because Finn's subconscious is so constantly reminding him of what he needs to do, right? Like, I'm no, like, no, 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 no. I, I think, I think you're, you're on the right uh, wavelength here. But when Finn, he thinks about the sword and then he's like, oh, I usually think about sharks trying to eat me and the shark shows up. The Jake, in this essence, is probably King Worm's influence or a, yeah. a not real Jake is like, hey, like, don't think about anything too scary, man, because it'll gronk up the dreamscape. And that sounds like a bad thing at the at this time. Yeah. So the, the initial Because in my mind, is, that does sound terrifying. Like, does that mean you yeah. die? You know, sort of exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think that that's why, you know, if if Finn's shark that was so scary had, you know, eaten Finn and like, killed him in the dream then odds are he would have just woken up at that point so so it's kind of probably king like uh, king worms mentality of jake being there to like yeah buddy like i'll help you out like we'll adventure together and like let's stay in this dream longer feed on your life energy a little bit longer. yeah because finn totally just assumes that it's jake he, he's just like oh this must be the real jake yeah like Jake does go and pinch him and he says oh i'm just making sure you're yeah. real and it would and it would make sense it would make sense that Jake is the most compelling of the characters because Finn, so much of Finn's subconscious knows Jake's true character. Like what he's going to do. Exactly. Yeah. Like exactly so, how he would behave. So that's like He why dreams that be, he's trapped, right, with his, yeah. his best buddy. So, of course, his best buddy is going to act like his best buddy. And that was the easiest figure for King Worm to take and bring into this dream sequence. And have them be like linked together or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, Finn's going to trust him. He's going to assume, oh, you seem relatively normal, so you must be real. And that was kind of the, you know, I don't want to just be referencing Rick and Morty, but there is that hologram (laughs) episode where it's just someone like a PC basically being like, oh, no, you're good. Just keep going. You know, you're on the right path and trying to lead him into nothing so that King Worm can sap his uh, life energy and essentially kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the longer he could stay in the dream, the more that King Worm's going to suck the life energy regardless. But, um, it's funny to me how, like, I guess there's some sort of mentality about if you destroy the dreamscape, it destroys King Worm. So like it is a reverse effect that he's sucking out. I, I didn't quite get that mentality. It's just breaking his own dreamscape, but it totally destroys king worm in that regard i think it's like his power right it kind of feels like you're you're attacking him by attacking the dreamscape like he's kind of linked to it in some sort of a way and maybe that's because he's draining finn's life energy 
it's kind of like a, in order to do that, he has to tap into his own life energy. Oh, or, or, you know, or, you know what it probably was actually, I just, I'm trying to think about this kind of in, in regards to even inception, the way, like all that whole in- inception movie works where it's like, Oh, the more you're aware and you're the dream, your self-conscious attacks itself to wake yourself up and all that stuff. Is that what if like Finn's life source is so positive, which is why King Worm goes to Finn to get this life energy. So if Finn just only focuses on fears and negative life energy, which is all of his fears that King Worm's still absorbing it, but he's only absorbing the worst of the, the negative, Finn's, the worst. yeah, fear energy. Hmm. Um, I kind of like both of those equally. I, at yeah, first, when he started off, I was like, thoughts. I like my theory. I was like, I kind of like what mm-hmm. I just said, but... No, I, I do like that as well. That's it's good. all stuff that works, and which is like I'm I'm I don't think I'm I'm not disagreeing with you and anything <laughs> no, yeah. you're saying at all. Well, um, that's great. This episode just doesn't have a solution, which is what's I mean. There are things that are, we could take as fact and and that we can take as mm-hmm. like this obviously happened, but as far as what we just said, both could be be technically correct in the minds of the writer. I don't think either of those two Mm -hmm. thoughts are flawed necessarily. Yeah. There's definitely this one along with so many adventure time episodes yet to come where I think there's a lot of the takeaway and a lot of the interpretation is totally left to be subjective and totally less to be, uh, in the mind of the, the viewer, I guess. Um, because, yeah, I, I've got some more to say. And actually, I was going to do a full breakdown of some of these fears themselves and going back to that, how that pertains to Finn. But I do think we need to take a breather before we get into any more deep space. So let's let's go back to our, our bad advertisement. Take a break. We'll breathe, get our fears in check, get Russell's, you know, shit in, in check, and then we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back home. Yeah. Attention all you Candy Kingdom adventurers. Are you tired of those pesky nightmare worms ruining your sweet dreams? Well, fear not, because down here at Starchy Surplus and Supplements, we have the solution you're looking for. Introducing the all-new Wondrous Worm Wrecking Wash. The world's first and only worm repellent nighttime body wash that is guaranteed, guaranteed to keep them, them creepy crawlies at bay. Our Wondrous Worm Wrecking Wash is formulated with its finest sidekick insect repellents. And it's designed to create an invisible mystical barrier around your sleeping area, keeping them nightmare worms at a safe distance. But that's not all. Starchy Surplus and Supplements stores also carry a wide variety of other psychic insect repellents, including our best-selling BMO's Buzz and Bane and Lumpus Space Princess's Lavender Leech Repellent Lotion. So come on down and stuck up on all your favorite products today. Disclaimer, worm-wrecking wondrous wipers may cause dizziness, nausea, and spontaneous bursts of big-time poo-poos. Use at your own risk. We're back, coming at you live, really quick, uh, hitting Russell with the uh, the scary times. Oh gosh, I I wasn't ready for this, Ned. I'm completely uh, caught off guard. Not nude. I was going to say nude, but I'm not. You can see me. I hope you understand that <laughs> yes, I have clothes we have, on. We have. Is that, is that your fear? Dream is waking yeah. up in the nudes. My fear is that one day we have a video element to this podcast, and I am. I'm caught off guard and I forget about it. And I'm just like, oh, I thought it was just me and Ned recording nude like we always do, you know? I don't think I've ever had like a nude dream like that before. At least like not like a fearful nude dream. You've never like walked into a classroom and didn't have your short like underwear on or something? No. That wouldn't matter. You would have shorts on still. You didn't have shorts on and your underwear was showing. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were just no, free balling. My, you, were, you were so afraid because you were free balling, you know? That's, hey, man, I, that is not anything. I guess it's just, just not like a fear concern of mine. As it comes to classrooms, a reoccurring fear dream of mine absolutely is one where I am taking some sort of college course or high school course and I show up to like class and it's like, oh, you've been in this class for a month and you haven't even cracked open the book. And I'm like, oh no, let me go home and study. And then all of a sudden I can't study and I get distracted and distracted and then, I, and then I'm at the final. And it's just like, you haven't even learned anything this year. And that is a legitimate like once every four to five months reoccurring dream. Dude, what? I have it's terrifying. Almost, almost that exact dream. Mm-hmm. Except for, and and now we're doing what I said is not interesting to do, which is talk about your dreams. Um, but I do that same <laughs> thing where I, I go into a classroom. And I'm like, sweet, social studies, no problem. I like social studies. I'll do the reading. And then I don't do the reading. And then mm-hmm. every day I go back to the class. I'm like, I had to do the reading. It's fine. I'll catch up eventually. And then out of nowhere, I'm at the final. Like I had, I'm like, dude, I'm great on my other courses, but I got to pass this social studies final. And I don't know anything because I never did any of the reading. And probably knowing me, I slept all of high school, like certain classes. I just slept and right and then did the reading. But I didn't do the reading. So then I don't know anything. And then I wake up and it sucks. I hate that dream, man. It's, yeah, it's very much more like it's not fear, it's anxiety. That there's is. much more like anxiety. And that's actually what I think maybe as an adult, like I don't have. I, is is it weird? I don't have nightmares anymore. Like I don't, I mean, maybe once in a while I'll have like a little moment where something really scary like wakes me up. But I think I just watch too many like fucked up scary movies that like I don't ever have anything that like sticks with me anymore in, in terms I'm, of like I had such a scary nightmare. Man, I'm too afraid to say that. I I, I kind of feel the same way, <laughs> but like I know you don't as soon jinx as I, yourself. Yeah, I, I don't want to, <laughs> go to sleep tonight and wake up sweating. I mean, most of mine are like a reality <laughs> nightmare. It's just like exactly. what we were just talking about. I'm way or, more anxious about real life shit than I am about like a scary monster in the woods. Like, Yeah, a lot of mine as a kid would be like, one of my parents would be gone. Like they would, they would die, but it would just be like, and this was a reoccurring dream. I'd like go into their bathroom because they supposedly were there and like the water is on or something and like they're, gone or like their clothes are on the ground they did like a obi-wan kenobi disappear sort of a thing <laughs> they like raptured and, right out of the bathroom yeah and then we would just go to the like mcdonald's and i'd play on the playground and stuff and someone would be like oh i'm sorry about your like mom is gone she disappeared right and then i wake up it was, it was so weird but no man I, i'm fortunate to say that i haven't had a scary dream in a, in a hot second which is pretty nice yeah yeah well it's, it's like it's i don't know if it's like a growing up and and I, it's a good segue because I feel like part of the fears with Finn as we're going through this season, and we've, we've had like actually the last couple of several episodes talking about Finn directly with his growing up and maturing. And I think that maybe a, an aspect of this episode is a lot of what is overlooked is that they do a really good job of this being super, super canonical, even when you don't think about it. Um, we mentioned the first aspect of that is that almost every one of our main characters is referenced here. We've got Peppa, we've got um, uh, Princess Bubblegum, we've got Flame Princess, we've got Joshua, we've got Lady Rainicorn, everybody pretty much but Marceline because 
like, I don't know. She's maybe she's powerful enough to keep herself out of dreams. <laughs> Regardless, we also have Finn address not just a fear that was like obvious from his whole uh, Ocean of Fear episode, the Fear Feaster, and uh, he's scared of the ocean. That was like one of the first episodes we learned about like a Finn fearing something. Mark and, Hamill, I believe. And yeah. Do we are what? I'm pretty sure Fear Feaster himself is voiced by Mark Hamill. Oh yeah, no, you are right. You're right. Sorry, I thought you said I thought you said something else, and I was like, "What are you, what are you oh, talking about?" So yes, Mark Hamill as the Fear Feaster, <laughs> um, and that even in this in this stream, all of his fears are coming out of his belly button, which is what happens in Ocean of Fear, is that the Fear Feaster comes out of his belly button. If you don't remember that aspect, yeah, deepest gut um, fear, right? So that makes mm -hmm, sense exactly, and so that's why part of this one when Finn realizes. And, and, you know, pretend Jake goes, if you gronk up uh, the dream space with your fears, the dreamscape will collapse on itself. And at that moment, he, you see this cutscene of the fear feaster unlocking a box, which I think is also a very important little cutscene. Because if you think about it, at the end of Ocean of Fear, Finn's like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the ocean, but, I, or I'm still am, but I'm going to put this behind me. Um, and then and things creeps are, season three episode 12 mm -hmm. he was even like i'm gonna let's put that deep inside he the said, memory vault put it in the memory vault and it's gone because you and have this spooky he, ghost lady again who freaking mm -hmm. shows up and, and shoko, she's my most punchable character for sure shoko shows up again which is a big one shoko shows up the clown shows up that's from another way uh princess bubblegum saying you're too young is uh from what was missing and right because it's a lyric in young. his song this, and, uh, and yeah. Do you, what is it? Do you look down on me because I'm younger is the line from his song from uh, what was missing. Exactly. Uh, can't remember what the song was called though, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, gosh. It's it's going to be like uh, Best Friends in the World, I think. That's, yeah, I think you're right. Um, that but, song gets stuck in my head like regularly now, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> just let you know, like once a week, I'll just be like, you are, you are, uh, 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 uh. my best friends in the world. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear that it's it's constantly in your head now which is oh yeah so um, many of these but but the really cool aspect of that is that finn on purpose unlocks this box of, uh, box of suppressed fear that on purpose and it unlocks everything all at once which is the ocean and the lich and princess bubblegum and shogo and clowns um and I think that's a, like kind of what we were talking about. Like, why don't we have these scary nightmares and dreams anymore? And it's like, I think it's because it's part of that growing up where you start to, I don't know, grow beyond what you were scared of as a child. And there are still scary things in the world, but they're just not the, the lich anymore, you know? Um, yeah. He, I think at, at, there's a point now where he still fights the lich more in the future. Spoiler, you know? figured that you would know yeah but it's no not surprise. like a fear it's not like he fears the lich anymore it's not like so he do you fears, think this is him conquering yeah. those fears do you think he's getting over his fear of the ocean in this episode and i, and I everything think else? it's i think it's not on purpose but i think it's i think it happens as a proxy to him needing to get out of this dreamscape and that's the only way he can do it and by proxy, he's like, I have to face all these fears at once. I have to get over my fears. And that's what breaks my dreamscape. And probably once he exits that dreamscape, I think that there's probably something in that 
you know, weird, maybe uh, pseudo physical world where those fears just disappear because they're just out of his belly button now. I don't know. All like, right. He yeah. got them out and then poof, the escape broke and now those fears are gone. So that's my like theoretically cool. speaking long-winded one as well. <laughs> I just I love that Princess Bubblegum was like, sorry, I'm I'm joining the Lich for coffee. You for just coffee. wouldn't understand. You're too young. That was my favorite part of that. But no, I I think that's a, a pretty good theoretically speaking. And I'm very curious about the spooky ghost lady. What you mm-hmm. would you call her? Show Shoko. Shoko. Yeah. Shoko. Shoko. It, it makes more sense later. It's. You want more answers from the Shoko story. I think they really do it too quickly for how much they mm. led up to it. Um, okay. But it's coming. It's, it, there, it, there's an explanation why that's a now, at this point now, a reoccurring uh, character per se. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, dude, if you had to take on this scenario, King Worm, what what fear would you bring up in order to kind of deteriorate the the dream space and and break him down? I mean, if you wanted to do a adult reality one, it's going to be exactly that same thing and be like, okay, let me go take this biology test that I don't know anything about biology whatsoever. That yeah. would totally break it and be like, uh, gronk up the dreamscape. I did as a little kid have this one dream where i don't know my mom used to read us the chronicles of narnia and in the last book there's this like dark figure with yellow eyes in the woods called like thrash trash tash something like that and for some reason that like spooked me as a kid i had a very very vivid dream of like being in the woods dark at night and like dark things like a dark thing coming at me from like behind a tree that's for sure. Like still, like I still can't really do like pitch black woods at night. Um, wow. That still kind of gets to me a little bit. Okay. So that would, it, from a physical mentality, that's probably what it would be. But I don't know. Mm. What about, are you in a similar state with like darkness and. No, it um, would just, I was thinking about this and I'm like, it literally would just cut to like a POV of someone like free soloing a building or mountains and then falling like that. That's like my oh, dude. Whenever like I see the reality type thing, I just I don't know. There's something about the free soloing videos, especially like like the dude in Russia who's just like free soloing on a snowy building or something like yeah. that. Or, Look, I can hang from one hand, and my palms and my feet get so <laughs> sweaty. Sweating. I think that would be enough to where, especially if they ended up falling, like that would, dude. I, I couldn't. I could not watch a video where the worst happens and that. And so that, that's what we come up. That's <laughs> yeah, what I would yeah. think of to fight the King See, that's, Worm. That's so, that's so real though. So it's like, it's, I don't know. I would, but I'm never going to be in that situation. Like, do you have a, a rash? Well, do you have a, like, that's a rational fear. Like that's, yeah. a, that's an absolutely like, well, it's, it's rational, but I'll never be there. I'll never be you'll in that never situation. Put yourself I don't in do that, that situation, yeah. but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, of course your, your palms are sweaty. Cause that's like a, a situation that if you were in, you would die. Now there's, uh, there's other ones that's also on the flip side of like, I mean, I guess you could call them potentially rational, but like, you know, when you're watching like demon movies and the demon has like six arms and a bloody mouth and a bloody face and you're like, that's scary. But like it's not rational fear per se. You oh know man! What I, mean? I mean, I'd have a just anything. 
We we know this. We know this about me. I know you don't do scary I, I scare movies. easily. So just anything would be enough. Even like standing in water and then seeing a shark fin and then the shark fin disappears. And then you're just like in knee deep water and you can't do anything. You can't see, especially like the uh, Atlantic coast where all the water is brown and muggy and gross. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, man. It'd be so, so easy for me to take on the king worm. Yeah, because you would just think of all the rational things in life that would kill you. <laughs> which yeah, is, yeah, just literally just everything. Anything. <laughs> I just, literally I'd, anything. I'd sit there and just like start thinking about loneliness and just be like, but I wouldn't. Oh man, I'm. But I'm I wouldn't call you like an anxious or scared person. No, well, you know? I hide it. I hide it, Ned. I'm always scared. <laughs> I'm always scared. What is that? I'm about? always scared. I'm always angry. That's my secret. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> yeah, yeah. scared. That's my that's my Hulk secret of why I can always defeat King Worm. Yeah, I'm the I'm the All Hulk right. of being scared for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always scared. All right, weird one. Weird because we I wanted to talk about this one just in case you had one. It's a weird episode, Alan. Did you have a lovely for this episode? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Okay, was, who was your lovely? It's Pep Butt, man. It's Peppermint okay. Butler. The idea that he is reaching out into Finn's dream space or he realized something's wrong. I, and I don't know his intention. I don't know exactly much about him because we're not diving too deep into him until maybe later in the show. But I like the idea of a well-meaning Peppermint Butler. And I like mm-hmm. the idea of he does have some abilities that we haven't seen. And we know he is friends with Death, right? Or he used to hang out with Death. And we know he used to hang out with Hudson Abadir. So I like the idea that there's more to Peppermint Butler. And then sometimes, the depending on the situation, he chooses to be good or chooses to be bad based off of... He's like a gray Jedi or something, right? He's yeah, like a, yeah. It's like, I don't ever necessarily know if he chooses to be bad. I think he just has a knowledge of a lot of like... The knowledge of evil things, which again, okay. allows him to enter this... Potentially enter on purpose this like evil worm dreamscape to help Finn out at the end of the day. Yeah. But he had to well, like sacrifice, he had to sacrifice a child to get there. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The candy he had child. The, he had the resort the cannibal um, with uh what's his face? Starchy. Which oh man, Starchy. we haven't seen like, Starchy in a we minute. We haven't seen we haven't seen Starchy in a minute. We haven't really uh seen um Cinnamon Bun in a minute, which comes back up in the late cinnamon bug becomes a way bigger character in in later parts of the season, which I would you not never be able to guess. Yeah, I would have never guessed. Um, I know. My my lovely was the Gunter Monsters. Um, the Gunter Monsters, yeah, yeah. The Gunter Monsters were awesome in this episode. And I think it was just conceptually speaking that Ice King could have like a Voltron Megatron version of Gunter is <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> very fun. Well, in thinking about like what all the different things in the this dream means, right? And I didn't dive too deep. And as as we know, I only brought two. There is a third one. Apparently, a bunch of LSPs raining down on you in your dream. It, it means that you're a, a dungus, you dingus. So yeah, dungus, you dingus. Just saying. All right. You know that was wild. I was like, what is why why is LSP in this episode? As yeah. rain and snow. Because, yeah, no. Well, for Finn's sake, and if this is Finn's, again, dreamscape of his subconscious mind, LSP is just everywhere. She's just at random places, like, all the time. So she might as well be falling out of the sky. The only thing, and I wanted to get your... This is my last thought on the episode, and then we're going to close it out, promise. Because um, we're going on wonderful tangents in this episode. So when Ice King does run up to them, right, he's like, Fiona, cake. What are you doing here? Does Finn know 
that Ice King calls, or I, does, does he know at this point that Ice King does fan fiction on Fiona and Cake? I can't remember I can't, how I can't the remember if Fiona it was, Cake happened. If it was from Holly Jolly Secrets that, that Ice King was talking about Fiona and Cake in the video diaries, no, or I don't Finn think so. has found or seen Ice King talking about Fiona and Cake fan fiction. That I'm pretty sure they interrupt on... him at the end, right? I, I don't know, dude. I have to rewatch the Fiona and Cake to... episode because at the end of that, something happens, which is why we were like, oh, we're going to do this meta joke about Allie and Jackie doing the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess... Oh, man, no, maybe he is reading. He has... Does he have them tied up and he's reading... Or he has somebody tied up and he's reading them the, the fan fiction. We'll have to check on that, and then we'll come back next episode. Yeah, I just was like, man, that would be really trippy if they didn't know that Fiona and Cake fan fiction existed. I'm pretty sure Finn went, huh? Finn was like unsure what he was talking about. They were like, what are you talking about? And so that just led me to like, I I didn't even have a logical, theoretically speaking, if Finn doesn't know about Fiona and Cake, then how did it end up in his dream? Is, again, Ice King's crazy magical subconscious something that could leak into king worms hypnotic dream sequences i have no idea i don't know, well, I don't know. too do, many theoretically speaking yeah let, let's do a real quick traveler's log and then we'll cut to love or not love those lessons and then we'll head out yeah. so this week's traveler's log comes from luke and luke basically is just saying that he Appreciates the podcast. He listens every week and especially during his shifts. And the most recent episode revol- or involving Magic Man and the Sons of Mars had him really invested, especially when Russell ranted about how Magic Man's punishment is so minute, made him contemplate the last lines from the episode. He wins again, just like always. Can't wait for episode 101. Uh, just another traveler, Lewis. But not a DJ name. Anyways, <laughs> thank you, Luke, for uh, chiming in and joining the Traveler's Log. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I love that rant. I'm not going to lie. I, I was really proud of that one. I was like, oh, man. I'm like, proud of that one. These punishments are so weak. Like, they're awesome. The punishments are dope. And he deserves so much worse. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. And just, it, it, it makes you believe, like, I guess that Mars society is, like, really different for some reason. That those are uh, equal punishments to, to, to what he's actually done to all of them. Uh, the, the rich and the powerful, man, they're treated differently. In, treated, in Mars, treated, in Mars, not on Earth, in Mars. Treated differently on Mars. Yeah. Abe, Abe Lincoln's Mars. got different sets of punishment for the bad boys. <laughs> Abe Lincoln. I forgot about that. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, what's your oh, lesson man. from this episode? Do you have one? I've got one, if not. Um, I've got, I mean, it's it's a light one. It was, I had a lot more deep thoughts and like theories and stuff than taking away anything. Uh, but maybe one is uh, don't trust your bros when they show up in your dreams. Um, could That's be a, a good, good one. one. Yeah. Uh, also confronting your fears in a healthy way can obviously be a good way to get back into a good headspace, AKA not being possessed by giant worms. So mm-hmm. um, I think there is something deeper lesson is, is that dreams are not necessarily pointless. I try not to read too much into them, but uh being introspective with your dreams is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good way to either work through headspace stuff, become more self-aware, et cetera. There's some value to that. So yeah, that's yeah, great. That's that's deep, but not like too deep. 
No, that's awesome, man. M- my lesson is pretty surface level. I'll get, just be honest with you. It's get an exterminator. Got to get those worms out, yo. Got to get the exterminator. Got to get those worms out, yo. Nah, I, got uh, the, I got them arrow pest control. <laughs> oh, come on. Arrow? I know. Jeez, dude. Yeah. It's all about Jeez, all I good. Know. It's all about that, that, red, that, that the red rusty rooter uh <laughs> pest control whatever whatever the uh russell family pest control is it was it was all good back in the day it's not that anymore all good is now owned <laughs> by somebody else um but yeah anyways i didn't go into it so as y'all know doing music or doing uh music publishing up in nashville tennessee and Man, that is not where any of my family is well thank you much thank you much thank you so thank, much thank you muches thank you mucho mucho much for joining us um you can check us out on instagram if you just so feel you know the desire to at never ending adventure podcast TikTok at never ending adventure cast twitter at nea underscore podcast i've been a whole lot more active on twitter recently it's been kind of oh, fun gosh. to uh dive into it but i'll be honest with y'all i don't i don't know how the heck you grow an audience on twitter just doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't think there's much audience on Twitter, man. I think Twitter, I think Twitter's fake at this point in time. It's Twitter's it's a, fake. It you heard a, it here first. It is a media platform for famous people, for consumers to go and consume. news outlets. I don't think, yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's a news outlet that that prides itself on like you can comment on what Pete Davidson said. And but like nobody's over there being like, oh yeah, like thousand retweets for what Russell said. What did uh, what Pete Davidson say? Do you know? Just off the know. top of your head? No. <laughs> blue blop, blee blop. Yeah, fuck your mouth. Says Pete Davidson. <laughs> okay, <laughs> allegedly, 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 allegedly. <laughs> All right, y'all. On that note, I think it's time. I think we're 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 gonna, we're gonna go talk about Ricardio after this. So give us a <laughs> give us a break. Give us Gross. a break. Gross. Party forever. All right, that's what you guys.